Uh, yeah, so just uh, part of the process. So today is uh, physically Tuesday, but in our world it's more of a Thursday. Uh, so this is uh, right in the middle of our chicken tender uh, fiasco that we're having right now. So uh, it's sitting there, Kelly, it's sitting there waiting on me. Uh, over there, some grilled ones, some fried ones, some cheese dip, a little honey mustard. Um, so we'll get back to that. And then our game planning uh, meetings, playing the players, uh, playing to win, uh, kick script, all the things that we do um, on a Thursday. Uh, we will have that going on the rest of this afternoon, so I'm going to get back to that. Um, first of all, it's my wife's birthday today, so I don't know if, how much I'll see her today, but uh, happy birthday, and uh, so it's a good deal. Um, excited for Thursday night, uh, excited to be back, you know, when uh, I always dreamed about being the head coach here and dreamed about uh, Georgia Tech and invariably you know the images and the visions of being in those moments um, always came back to playing under the lights in Bobby Dodd and I, I think this is arguably one of the greatest backdrops uh, for a night game in college football uh, obviously we need to get back to being in a position to play in those games uh, more and more and more every single year and uh, that's what we're actively in the process of doing but just excited for the fan base uh, excited for our players uh, to be in that kind of environment that kind of atmosphere on ESPN uh, Thursday night under the lights downtown Atlanta I think it's a special special thing and uh, you know been really uh, pleased with our, our the, the fan base and uh, the way the energy and the atmosphere is in Bobby Dodd Stadium as of late has been really good and we're going to continue to match that at a high level with how we play um, as a organization uh, being reflective I don't know if we played our brand of football uh, on Saturday uh, our brand of football is to come out um, and give unbelievable effort in every single phase on every single play um, compete at the highest level on every single snap, um, play with unbelievable energy and uh, excitement and enthusiasm and uh, play together. And, uh, you know, that's on me as a coach. And those are things that we had tell the true Sunday. It was done by 10 a.m. and we were moving on uh, to get ready on a short week. Uh, the guys have handled it. They've handled the messaging. And, uh, you know, we think the world of these young men that we're blessed to coach. And, uh, you know, they are committed to continuing uh, to get better every single day. And, uh, you know, excited to see them play uh, Thursday night. Questions? Questions. Kelly? Do you feel like maybe you had three very tough kind of emotional games in a row leading up to the Virginia Tech game? And obviously your team's playing through a lot of injuries and key positions and those types of things. Did maybe the pressure of those games and the emotions that are spent that way maybe come impact themselves in that Virginia Tech game and how you guys came out? So the when you're doing it right and we have everything clicking and every phase of our development is is instilled, it is just who you are and what you do. Um, it should be a – we talked a lot about it this week, just being able to stay in the moment and uh, not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future, but being right here in the moment, every single thing that you do. 
and uh, you know that is a uh, part of the process that we're making sure our guys understand. Um, but to your point, um, they did play some really good football. They were investing so much, um, you know, and when they do it every single day, and uh, you know, we just got to make sure we're putting it together because to be successful for us, uh, we have to be playing our brand of football, executing at a high level, playing together um, to have a chance against really, really good teams. And uh, we've got to make sure we're doing that uh, every single day in practice. And then once we get to you know, college football Thursdays or college football Saturdays, be able to make sure we're establishing that uh, brand of football that you know we need to have. Bruh. Excuse me. Could you run us through where Curtis Ryan started out and where he is now? <laughs> um, yeah, he's not. He's uh, come a long way. Uh, I still remember the first time I saw Curtis. Um, Curtis is everybody six foot five. Uh, was thin, underdeveloped when we first got here, and uh, even throughout spring ball, didn't really know what he was going to be able to play. Was he twitchy enough to be a defensive end? Was he going to have the growth potential to add the mass, to, the mass to be an inside guy? So throughout the spring, just trying to feel it our way through what he would be able to play for us. And, uh, you know, throughout the preseason, uh, or excuse me, after the summer developing with Coach Lou and the strength staff, you could see him getting a little stronger and improving his flexibility and those kind of things. Uh, had a good uh, preseason camp. Uh, was starting to do some things defensive end-wise that we were starting to lean toward. Maybe he is a defensive end instead of moving him inside and putting him on another 30, 40 pounds. But he just kept getting better and kept getting better. And uh, I don't think he has been on the above-the-line chart all year until he gets his first start. That <laughs> was his first real significant action. Um, but I just think that goes to the development of a player. Um, for the first seven weeks of the season, he's on the developmental team. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are out there, if we keep it open, but I'm down there coaching the scout team defense, the developmental defense every single day. So I'm coaching him and getting those guys better and better and better. And uh, they play our defense, um, our schemes, our terminologies. And uh, so the development of the player, same thing with Michael Lockhart, is able to accelerate um, because they're doing our things and doing our defense all year round and uh, is finally in a position to contribute. And uh, sadly, we had a lot of guys go down along the defensive line. I think five of the guys that have played significant, uh, the significant amount of reps all season uh, aren't playing anymore, but that affords Curtis an opportunity, Sylvain an opportunity to get much more playing time. Uh, Jordan Dominic, who wasn't playing the first half of the season, is starting to play and contribute a, a lot more. Um, so, but we're excited about their free tree. He's still a redshirt freshman. Uh, Jordan Dominic still a redshirt freshman. Sylvain is a true freshman, and they're playing the significant snaps for us uh, in the ACC at defensive end and getting better every single day, every single rep. And uh, you know, I think with those guys, the future is really, really bright. And for now, we need the present to be really bright uh, as well. And they're working hard to make that happen. Tor. Talking to some of the guys yesterday, and it kind of echoed what you were talking about earlier, about how on Saturday the effort and the energy, they felt like it was different and that it maybe wasn't to the level which they wanted it sure. to be. Um, 
I guess moving forward and looking over the past three days, what examples have you seen from them in the way that they've responded and kind of taking accountability for that? Yeah, I man, I mean, it's a resilient group. I mean, you guys are out there at practice. I mean, the guys go hard. We chart every single thing with empirical data on effort and how we're going to manage player loads to make sure that they're able to um, you know, execute at a high level once it gets to game time. So all of those things are in place. Uh, any deficiencies from an effort standpoint uh, with an individual are brought up, are corrected. We're very honest with our guys and our evaluation. And the cool thing about having the catapult system is we're not making it up based on feelings. It is real, actionable data. You're usually running at 18.4 miles an hour throughout practices. You were at 15.7. You need to pick it up or, you know, something's got to, um, we've got to do something to help you um, perform better. So those kind of things, those kind of discussions happen every single day and uh, so that we can get them to, you know, play at their highest level, um, you know, come Saturdays or even Thursdays. In the short week, a big part of our process is the recovery piece and making sure at all times we're educating them. We've got one of the nicest locker rooms and training facilities in all of college football, and we do a, we spend an inordinate amount of time educating them on the ice tub, the hot tub, the contrast, roll stretch, all the things that you need to do uh, to get ready to play at a high level. And uh, you know the guys are still learning how to do that, um, but it'll continue to get better. Charles, you spoke uh, after the game about Jordan Yates providing a, a spark. Sure. So have some flexibility to give him some more. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, he's going to. Yeah, sir. Yeah, so he'll be able to play the next two games. You know, so we have uh, Patrick Suttis, our general manager, uh, keeps a, a detailed chart of exactly where we are. We've got a detailed plan. There's a couple of guys that uh, some have two games left, so we'll be able to max them out. Some only have one game left, so we're being very strategic for how we're going to implement the plan for those guys. Um, and then some guys, a lot of our true freshmen are have been playing all season, and uh, we'll continue to get them to – to develop, um, but we've got a plan. I think there's three guys um, that are on that one game plan, and so we're working that in uh, based on attrition levels at the positions to get it just right. Just as a follow-up, you're obviously developing James Graham. Is there any reluctance about cutting into his playing time to give? No, I, I, I think the world of James. Um, you know, it's just the the evolution of a player. So you you have any player at any position that's a redshirt freshman that's having to step onto that stage and be expected to play at a high level. There's going to be some, you know, hills and valleys, some ups and downs, um, but we're committed to every single player in our program, regardless of position. Uh, obviously, there's certain positions that are more in the spotlight and there's certain positions that you're going to notice uh, the really good things and the things that um, still need to be worked on. Those things are going to show up at certain positions, Others, you're not going to notice every time, um, you know, young defensive tackle or young defensive end doesn't play his exact assignment um, because there's other layers of the defense that are able to make up for it. Or, um, so it's just the development of a player, and we're committed to it. And, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, James and his abilities. And uh, I thought Jordan came in there and did some good things uh, as well. So we're excited about him. Yeah, uh, Coach, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, Tyler, Jared, a couple of your graduate transfer guys. 
uh, it was more like talking to an assistant coach yep. than a player. But uh, uh, in their two-part question, first part, uh, in their brief time here, uh, now that it's almost coming to an end, sure. what, what kind of contribution uh, have those guys made? I mean, it's, uh, I don't think I have enough time in this press conference uh, to say all the virtues of what those two. Um, when you look back at the development of this program a couple of years from now, the impact that Tyler Davis and Jared Southers had might be two of the most impactful people in the development and the baseline of this program, the foundation of this program. Um, we're going to announce it. Uh, Morpheus, I'm going to go ahead and announce it, but... Um, but Morpheus is going to put out a cool graphic and all these kind of things. But our process throughout the season is we'll have four different captains um, all throughout the year. Then uh, on senior day, the seniors won't be able to be captains because they'll be getting recognized. Well, the game before the last game, we announce our permanent captains. And so we had on Sunday, part of our Tell the Truth Sunday, uh, every single player on the team voted for the four best leaders and the four best teammates. Then I compiled those numbers and put one through four for the for permanent captains for this season. And it's really cool uh, that two guys that came in as grad transfers were voted by their peers as permanent captains. So Jared Southers, uh, Tyler Davis, Nathan Cottrell, um, and David Curry were the four guys that our organization, our team, voted as the permanent captains for this season. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, it's no secret that there was only six seniors that we inherited and then we brought in two. And uh, just the impact that all of those guys have made um, has been really special. It's meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, the outside world might look at uh, the season or the things that have happened to us um, in a certain way. But the pride that I have in that senior class and their contributions, and those two in particular, um, is very, very special and has laid a really good foundation uh, for what we're going to be going doing going forward. Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you know, when they when you were trying, when they were coming here, you couldn't promise them that they'd win a lot of games. Sure. What was the I guess what was the pitch, and what what have they gotten out of this? Uh, so. The, the first one was, so you talk about Tyler, um, there's not been a tight end at this great institution in 11 years. And we needed a tight end to be able to do the things that we do offensively. So that was the draw for him. Uh, the second draw is, uh, and I've talked about this before, but Matt Bayless, who's the head strength coach at Notre Dame, was his strength coach at UConn. Um, Lou Corrala trained under Matt Bayless. I was with Matt Bayless when we were at Mississippi State. We were number one team in the country. Um, so a lot of the things that we do and belief systems that we have in the offseason, in the development of a player, and the development of a program, exist in that manner. Tyler wanted to come here because he wanted that in his life. He knew that since Matt Bayless had left, there was a little part of him that longed for that part of the development uh, the things that we do to create relationships and to form bonds through shared adversity, all of those things that we do throughout the offseason um, that enable us through tough times to be resilient, to still come out there and battle, still come out there and fight, put the ball down, and play at a high level. Tyler wanted that. 
And so he chose to come here because he knew that's how we ran the offseason. That's the mentality of this program. And then Jared Southers knew uh, that for 11 years they'd not run a pro-style NFL-based system um, and needed to come here to help us uh, install that, um, be able to help us, you know, obviously get playing time. Um, and he's played every single game this year admirably. Might have played every play this year. Um, and and uh, close to it, right? And done a really good job. But the really cool thing is, um, you know, we talked about it today in the team meeting, is building a culture as a global program, but also there needs to be an identity within each position group. There needs to be an identity on offense, on defense, and special teams. And I think the identity that Tyler Davis, uh, Jared Southers have gotten established in those two rooms positionally will, will last a long time around here. Uh, the two Tylers, uh, Cooksey and Davis, take great pride in developing the two Dillons, Dylan Leonard and Dylan Devaney, and they basically uh, act like coaches when we're not around. And the same thing Jared is doing uh, in that offensive line room. Uh, it's really cool. Time for a couple more, Kelly. Can NC State's a team in sort of a similar situation that's been hit hard by injuries. Sure. And, uh, they're you know, not in a transition, but they've had a tough season. Right. Well. Kind of what do you see from them offensively, offensively and defensively? As you go <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, they're in, uh, obviously they've got good players and good coaches, but you can tell they're, uh, you can tell they're tough, they're physical, uh, they're resilient. Uh, they play really, really hard. Uh, they do a lot of unique things schematically that we've not seen in a couple of weeks on defense. Um, so just those cumulative reps at unique schemes. Uh, for the most part, it's a 3-3 stack, uh, some form of an odd stack uh, that not a lot of teams play. So just the cumulative reps of uh, attacking that and the blocking schemes and the blitz pickup and the mic IDs, all of those things. Um, will be unique and on a short week really trying to get those down pat in an accelerated manner. Um, and then offensively, they're very multiple um, in this day and age of college football um, that you need to be. They've got some really, really uh, good players, and they play really, really hard. David in the back. Okay. Um, as we were talking before, I spoke with Narly yesterday, and he was very complimentary of just the influence he had on you. Um, right? You had an amputee. I'm curious, and actually, he worked for you. But were there things that that you got from him that you'd be able to apply here and, and other places? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, um, you know, when you have a 20-plus year relationship with someone, and you have the same mindset and the same mentality, and you see football and the the processes of football and the processes of developing players, building relationships helping guys set up for life after football, whether that be in the NFL or whether that be in the business world and having lasting long-term relationships. Um, what you love about football is very similar. The work ethic that you have is very similar. Um, so the closest friends that you have in life probably have the similar mindset and the same thought processes and want to be high achievers. Uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time, me and Matt, uh, me and Brent Key, me and Ed Manowitz, who's one of my dear friends, is any time that we talk about bringing somebody into the organization, a coach or a staff member, um, and Matt and I have had this conversation for 20 years, is are they one of us? 
do they have the same belief system, work ethic, um, positive attitude, um, those kind of things that enable you in tough times to, to have success. Um, so we always have those conversations. We've shared ideas for 20 years at the different places that we've been, um, ways to get better in every single thing uh, that we do. And, uh, you know, I still remember. Um, so my first year head coach at Temple, uh, Matt and them weren't doing great, weren't having a great season. They were setting the foundation uh, for their future success, and they just uh, they just had college game day at Baylor against Oklahoma this past weekend. But I still remember Coach Sinagra, Morpheus were there with us. Um, we get bowl eligible against Tulsa, and the second we're done with the game, uh, I told Scott Wallace, our director of operations, FaceTime Matt, get Matt on the phone. And we go into that locker room, and I give my little speech, whatever I said, I don't know. Um, and I pulled out the phone, and Matt, you're here with us. Um, you know, you helped this, and uh, we believe in you, and the future is going to be bright where you're at at Baylor. And uh, I think that was a special moment. Uh, we beat uh, Navy on a Thursday night game that first year. And uh, I still remember him after the after the game. I had like five texts from him and Sean Padden, who was with us at Albright College too, just that they felt like they had won the game too because they were so engaged and so proud of us. And I think those kind of experiences when you have somebody that you share such a close bond with, and uh, you know at times that you know they might be struggling while they're building something that's going to be special, um, to be able to know that somebody's in your corner that they care about you. And uh, I always tried to do that for Matt, uh, even when we were having a lot of success. And then Matt's having, you know, obviously with us um, as we're building this thing. And uh, it's pretty cool to have friends like that. Yeah, so kind of talked about it with the, the odd stack stuff that they do on defense, uh, very multiple and things coming from different angles. Uh, so just trying to accelerate the process on a unique uh, scheme and getting the, the, the things down pat and then just very multiple offensively. Um, short week wise, just the thing that we've talked about since Sunday, we accelerated our process. Uh, normally our tell the truth Sunday piece happens later in the afternoon on Sunday. We accelerated it to 9 a.m. on Sunday, and everything that we've done, we've had to accelerate. But the thing we've been stressing the entire time is we still have to, even though we're accelerating, we have to stay in the moment while we're in that moment. So you got to stay in the moment while you're preparing. Stay in the moment when you're in the, the region sessions. Um, we're in a, just a chair drill or a walkthrough. Stay in the moment during those, uh, even though we're having to accelerate it on just a five-day week. Um, we can't be such in a hurry to get to the next thing that we're not focused on the task at hand. And, uh, you know, in building a program and a culture, those are things uh, that are educational pieces um, that our coaching staff's doing a really good job and our players are handling at a high level. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Six oh one.